We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. I am Scott Jensen. Back with you after a week away. Andrew called it a week of vacation, but it was definitely not that. Uh, joined today again by Andrew Laird. Uh, I appreciate everybody for listening. If you could please rate and review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Uh, if you enjoy listening to us, could leave a bunch of stars, leave a nice comment. It does go a long way towards helping the podcast. Uh, also goes along with people helping, helping people find the podcast, which is very important. We would love for uh, more people to be able to tune in. So uh, we would appreciate it if anybody does that. Uh, Andrew, we're at uh, week seven of the NFL season. I don't know where the time has gone, but how are you? I'm, I'm good. First off, I did not call this a vacation. I well, you, knew you, kind of, you, you kind of implied it in there. I, I listened. It was Jerry who uh, said that you were away for the week, and he was hoping that you were enjoying your time away, something ridiculous like that. And admittedly, <laughs> I did not correct him at all. Um, I, uh, I, I laughed. It was, uh, it was good. Jerry, uh, Jerry did a good job. It was, it was fun listening to you guys. Yes. Um, I agree that week seven feels like we're like really moving along, even though we're not even halfway there. But um, I'm excited to get to this week because last week I made such a cardinal error, sin error in my lineup, particularly my cash lineup, which ended up bombing. Um, although I'll, it made me feel a little bit better when I saw a few people who uh, talk about their cash lineups kind of publicly. Um, 
and it seemed like I ended up doing better than them. So it, that at least made me feel better, even though we were all losers. But I made this big, uh, I made the decision early on that I was going to play Gardner Minshew in cash. And he was much cheaper than all the other guys that I was considering. And I tinkered around in my lineup a ton. I tweeted about it on Sunday morning about how I don't think I ever had like adjusted my lineup so much before because I was, you know, I was going to pay up for three running backs. Then I wasn't going to pay up for any. And then I chose one and all of that obviously uh, changes the rest of your lineup. And despite all of these permutations, I never once took Minshew out, which like he was probably the riskiest quarterback I played all season. And I, I just never, I was like so locked into him, not because I thought he was like such a great play, but I just like, was building around that, that I didn't have the, or that I had the extra salary and that ended up being a disaster. So hopefully we avoid that mistake this week. Yeah, for sure. But it, you look at it and you know, it's just one of those things. Like I think that using a core is a good thing. It's just a, a matter of, you know, th- those weeks your players have to do well. And you had a week where they didn't, I had, I had an interesting line. I had one, I, I only played a few teams on FanDuel. I was, uh, I was out and kind of uh, barely paying attention. And I, I played one team that, that did really, really well. Uh, but Matt Bryant missing that extra point. I had three guys in that Arizona um, Atlanta game uh, going to overtime and Ryan, Matt Ryan was dealing. Uh, Julio Jones was finally getting some yards. He got over hundred yards, didn't score, but uh, Matt Bryant missing an extra point. Never thought extra, missed extra point would hurt so badly, but uh, that one stung. It went from, you know, an extra 10 minutes of that game, maybe to the game was suddenly over just like that. Yeah. 10 minutes of like a fantasy explosion, explosive game. Yeah. Not like something no, that... nobody was stopping any, but we're, we're looking at least, a, at least a, hopefully a field goal and then another team making a touchdown. But uh, it was going to be nice. It was going to be Julio, but uh, what are you going to do? I, I, I thought I had some really good overtime luck for once, and it, it went away really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, about that, like, I totally agree that it's, like, important to have a core. But I, I actually, like, wasn't even considering Minshew, like, part of my core. It was just, like, oh, he was the you. guy I had, and I just, just didn't— Just so much, so much cheaper than the other quarterbacks. Yeah, and it, I guess yeah. I just—I just—it was a mistake. It was, it's as simple as that, that I, I fully— uh, should have said to myself, well, if I'm looking at paying down at running back and or paying up at running back and paying up at wide receiver and doing all of these different lineups, um, why did I not take the second to say, wait a minute, what if I played Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan or anybody, literally anybody else? And so uh, this week, I think uh, we have kind of a different issue. We'll, we'll get to quarterbacks in a bit, but I don't think there's like a clear cut guy uh, at at quarterback and maybe even wide receiver. So we might see like a, a number of different um, cash lineups this week, even though I think the running backs are kind of easy. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. I like to hear about the running back. Cause I didn't, I didn't love as many running backs as I usually do. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm good. To, I'm happy. Looking forward to hear uh, what you have to say about running backs. Um, who, who at DraftKings hates Matt Ryan, by the way, he dropped in price this week. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, he's not even that cheap, but like, you're right with the, with the matchup and the fact that he's throwing for 300 yards easily every game, um, 10 touchdowns in the last four games that includes zero against Tennessee. So yep. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's weird that he, it's almost like they're building in the fact that the, the defense is so bad, but you should build that in as making him it's higher good. because yeah. he's going to have to keep throwing. So yeah, it's a, I, it's I guess maybe that maybe the Rams on the schedule kind of was an automatic thing in their in their system. But I mean, guy goes the guy goes three fifty six and four touchdowns, and he goes from sixty four hundred to sixty three hundred. You're like you scroll down and you're like, well, where's is Matt Ryan not in the slate? And you're like, oh, there he is. It's just yeah. an odd. Uh, it's really odd that he he kind of pro- he was started low, then priced up, priced up, jumped to sixty four hundred, 
and then after a big game, drop down. So I guess maybe they're giving the Rams defense uh, maybe some 2018 respect. So like the matchup at Arizona is obviously fantasy-wise easier than being at home against the Rams, although maybe it's actually not. <laughs> so like, it, especially, I mean, Ryan's been awesome everywhere, but like he's had a long career of uh, putting up significant numbers at home. And right. here we are. So um, yeah, Ryan is definitely one that sticks out. And it's, I feel like every week, uh, not last week, but like, I feel like every week you're going to play somebody else and you're going to be like, wait, why, why didn't I not just play Matt Ryan? Like every week, I feel like you're going to find somebody else to justify it. And then there's going to be Matt Ryan again, 325 and three touchdowns. And you're just like, uh, maybe I'm just, I, I'm, I can't decide if I'm overthinking this or underthinking it. Yeah, it's a good and it's a good segue into the kind of look at the overall slate because that Rams Falcons game is the highest total on the slate. Looking at the high total games, the only one that's really up there it's fifty four and a half Rams mm-hmm. at Falcons. Uh, here's a stat for you: the, the Falcons have have trailed by double digits for fifty five percent of their offensive plays, the highest in the league, higher than Miami, believe it or not. Jeez, that is that's crazy. Like, so I mean, explain some, Ryan. I mean, they're they're down ten points on half their plays. Obviously, he's throwing a lot. So I mean, he's had. In terms of the fantasy world, he's had so many perfect game scripts where yeah. they're behind. He's throwing every single play, um, you know. So you can't bank on that every week, but uh, 300 plus yards every week. But that's, that's an interesting game, and I think it. A lot of it depends on what you feel right now about Jared Goff, because I mean, it's, it's the highest scoring game. He's got he's got a lot of weapons, but uh, I you know I did watch the Niners Rams games. I was able to sneak that in a little bit. I tell you what, Jared Goff and pass rush are not a good mix. Ooh. He looked absolutely shell shocked in that game, and nobody's talked about it. That last drive, they were down 20 to 7. He missed a wide open touchdown to Gerald Everett for 60 yards. Like it was a blown coverage. The, maybe the only one that had all game that was fully blown. He missed him, just flat out missed him down, down the side. It was an awful pass and not an NFL pass. And the play before, he missed Robert Woods for like 25 yards wide open. And that was one of those ones, maybe like a progression read. But he actually threw the ball to Everett. He just missed him by like three yards. It was, and the announcer's like, oh, he misses him deep because the game was kind of over. But I don't know, Jared Goff, uh, all the weapons, but certainly does not look like the guy he looked in the, in the middle of last season. Yeah, I think um, I think it was Chris Liss who uh, wrote about it a few weeks ago, uh, just about how really the difference of a, a decent quarterback and a very good quarterback is the ability to throw under pressure. And yep. we kind of look at like um, Baker Mayfield has been under a ton of pressure early this or was was under pressure early this season and was terrible. And it was kind of like, wait a minute, maybe he's not that good. And um, maybe it's guys like Russell Wilson, who is excellent um, when he's able to kind of scamper out and not everybody has the physical ability he does. But if like all of the guys in the NFL should be decent when they have time to throw, like they're, this is the best league in the world in terms of football. And so um, it's not that easy to, to get there. And we kind of make, jokes sometimes when guys come in and they're t- they're terrible but like realistically if they have time in the pocket they should be able to throw and it's the better ones who are able to either get the ball out quickly or just know how to avoid a, a rush coming in uh, that makes a difference and Goff looks like he cannot do that that he just has no idea how to handle the pressure and uh, the Falcons really haven't put much on this year. So like, this should be the great spot for him. Um, I feel like early in the year, we're like, okay, who are the Cardinals playing? And now we can say like, all right, who are the Falcons <laughs> playing? And you look at Goff and you're like, oh man, but 
um, I think it was Jerry Donabedian who tweeted earlier this week that like people still really like Cooper Cup. They still really like Robert Woods. They're still willing to say they like Brandon Cooks. And if those three guys are receivers on the same team that you like, how can you say the quarterback is terrible? Because I watched him play. Yeah. And he, keeps throwing, <laughs> he, keeps throwing, he keeps throing balls on the ground. Yeah, well, like, that's it's it. just. But so you, I mean, we'll, and we'll get to we'll get to quarterbacks here in a second. We'll talk about the overall slate. But uh, just a note: I mean, Falcons sacks the last four weeks one zero zero zero. Yeah. Oh my God, that's terrible. It's terrible. So I mean, we're talking about golf and pressure. The Falcons have put no pressure on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Out of the Rams' offensive line is struggling. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting game. So I mean, you got that fifty-four and a half. Uh, Arizona at the Giants. You know, it, we're suddenly in a world where Arizona is the is always in the in the higher total areas because of the fact they can't play defense and because of the fact that uh, quietly this Cliff Kingsbury offense is starting to plug along a little bit. Uh, they are. You look at their stats last year versus this year, and everything is up. Passing is up. Rushing's up. Points per game are significantly up. They're like they're gone from like dead last to kind of middle of the pack. Uh, so we've got that game, uh, Arizona at the Giants, you know, two defenses that are not good right there. And then we have the Ravens-Seahawks. It uh, kind of sneaks into the third highest total game, uh, you know, a game that you usually think Ravens-Seahawks, you're like, oh, that sounds like 13 to 10 13, for 10, me. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but not anymore. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's Lamar Jackson. It's uh, it's Russell Wilson, who probably is the league MVP right now, him or Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Ravens lead the league in red zone plays run, plays run inside the 10, and plays run inside the 5. This offense has been very good. Does that not also kind of say that they can't? score or like that they're it's taking them two and three times to score from in there for sure you're probably the, the 17 yard then they're probably getting 10 yards at a scoring right there but uh, you know they've, they've had a lot of action in the red yeah. zone uh the seahawks obviously are, are kind of firing really well right now after kind of struggling early i mean it looked really bad in their first game against cincinnati they won but um playing much better there over under there is a, is 49 uh it's a, it's a really fun quarterback matchup though yeah i think uh i mean that, that game kind of uh certainly allows for a game stack that um, it might not be one that a lot of people are looking at just because we have such a high totals with Falcons, Rams, and Giants, Cardinals. So that could be a little sneaky one if you have a kind of a mini stack there. Yeah, I like uh, I like that uh, I like that game too. I think it'd be really fun to watch too. I mean, just uh, watching Lamar Jackson, he scares me a little bit because I think he's going to hurt every time he runs. He took a couple of really big hits Huge, against the yeah. Bengals, but uh, he's uh, I tell you what, he's he's really fun to watch. Good, good and bad. One of those guys that even if he's not playing well is uh, is kind of must see TV. Yeah, I mean, it's two of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league right now. So that yeah. On on the flip side, we do have a lot of games that are low totals this week. We have four games that are 41 or less. Uh, the lowest is the Saints at the Bears, you know, a game that uh, you're like, oh, the Saints. But then you realize that it's Teddy Bridgewater. They played a 13-6 game against Jacksonville last week. Uh, Bears through six weeks. I think they got one by, so five weeks. Uh, their, their games are averaging a total of 31 points per game. That oh, is crazy low. That's disgusting. But it's yeah. kind of expected. I mean, yeah. the only reason why it wouldn't be – uh, that way is if the offense was playing well. Like we know that the defense is going to hold the other team, but it's also kind of an indictment of how bad the the offense has been. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky has looked horrendous so far, mm-hmm. especially yeah, when you were like, I kind of like Chase Daniel. I'm like, whoa! Hey, two touchdowns last I know, week. I know. Yeah. Could it could have done worse for the price? I guess True. it was two weeks ago, but yeah, two it was. Uh, yeah, I think he had like two thirty and two touchdowns. They didn't kill you. <sighs> I would have taken he that did. last week from Minshew. Yeah. He didn't look good, but uh, you, you looked up. You're like, yeah, all right. Mid-price quarterback, that'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Losing to the Raiders. Uh, yeah, you know, details. <laughs> uh, the uh, other low games, we have three games that are 41. Miami at Buffalo, to nobody's surprise. Uh, but the crazy thing about this game, over under 41, the Buffalo Bills fared by 17 points. The last time the Bills were two touchdown favorites was 1993. I'm shocked it ever happened. Well, but Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, Thurman yeah. Thomas. 
I guess so. You're right. You're those, right. Are some, those are some beast teams back in the day. They but uh, it's been a long time, and it says a lot about Miami. They lost a lot. Miami lost at home to the Redskins last week. Uh, your boy Terry McLaurin with two touchdowns was oh, yeah. uh, was nice. Um, other games at 41, Niners at Redskins, another game with a big spread. Uh, Niners are favored by 10. Hey, Andrew, it's week seven. How many games have the 49ers lost? Zero. Uh, I think that's right. I'm going to go look it up later, but I think you might have <laughs> I believe uh, Charger... I was the one who was more of a believer in them this year than you were at the beginning of the season. You, Obviously, uh, I, I got to give you fandom... credit. You you nailed how good this defense was mm-hmm. early on. I did, you know, I I, I like the the Bosa D Ford combo, but uh, you were on this defense week one before anybody else was. You you deserve some props for that for sure. I, I was. I mean, I mean, we talked about it before with Goff. Like, if you can get a, a consistent pass rush, you are going to have success. And obviously the 49ers schedule has been a little helpful at the beginning of the season, but um, if you can pressure the quarterback, you're going to stay yep. in games much better than if they just have all the time in the world. It's simple and I, don't remember the, I don't remember the exact stats. So I'll be a little more vague with it, but they're they're I believe they're, they're top five in like pressures created, but mm-hmm. bottom five in blitzing. So they're doing, they're doing it with four, with four right. guys too. Right. Yeah. They're, they're great. Uh, you can, you can create pressure with four guys. That gives you a lot of options on the back end, how to play defense. Exactly. It's, uh, it's a huge edge not to send extra guys and get picked apart on, on defense. It's uh it's been really fun. I hope, uh, I hope Ford and Bosa stay healthy. That's the, that's their one uh, big question mark. But, uh, I tell you what, Bosa with his bull rush. I mean, he takes two steps, and the guy he just driving guys back in the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been uh, it's been fun. They're they're at the Redskins this week. Obviously, the Redskins will have a super low implied total because a low overall total, and the Niners are fared by ten. Uh, kind of an ugly, ugly situation for the Redskins offense. Been kind of been Terry McLaurin and nothing else. Last game is uh, the Chargers at the Titans. Uh, Tennessee's fared by two and a half over under forty one. Uh, Tennessee's played five out of six games where uh, the, the combined total of the game turned out to be 40 or fewer points. Um, so they've played a lot of uh, kind of in the in the mud kind of games, which is what you expect. But uh, they, they are benching the uh, the league's worst quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Second overall pick is officially the worst quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, Ryan Tannehill coming in, uh, coming into play. That's uh, got to be big news for you. For me? <laughs> yeah, I know. You, I know how much you love Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback. Um, I mean, there was talk i remember uh, a few years ago maybe it was even yeah a few years ago before darnold that the jets were thinking of Tannehill, and it was like uh I, he might be worse than Mariota. uh he might be which is which is scary we're, we're gonna uh, find out yeah Mariota is awful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like legit bad and it's it's crazy because that, that first like five or six games he had in the nfl he looked like you're like oh my god this guy's gonna this guy's gonna change the game this guy is doing something nobody else is doing and uh, since then, uh, pretty much has turned into a dump down, throw it in the ground. Uh, it, it's it's rough to watch. Do you think he'd be terrible if he was in Arizona? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously better, you know, running plays for for Kingsbury. But I just I, I, maybe if he'd started uh, with Kingsbury, you get something different. But he just looked he looks kind of shell shocked back there. He looks like he's lost all confidence, and yeah. he just drops back. And you can kind of tell like, the second he drops back, you're like, oh, this is not gonna be good. He just looks uncomfortable back there. Not good. No, not good at all. Um, speaking of the overall slate, just to know, we have uh, we have four teams on bye this week: Carolina, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay. Kind of surprising that of those teams, Tampa Bay has the most uh, weapons that we uh, are bummed out about missing. You know, Cleveland and Pittsburgh at the start of the year looked like a lot of fun, and has, have not been so far. Uh, the bye comes at a good time for both those teams. Although Pittsburgh did uh, they did smoke the uh, the Chargers last week. Uh, in the primetime games, we had that uh, we had Kansas City at Denver last night. Uh, disappointing game because Patrick Mahomes got hurt. As of right now, we're filming this, or filming this, recording this uh, Friday.
Friday morning, 730 uh, on the West Coast. We don't have a Patrick Mahomes update yet, but uh, they're, they, I, read, I heard last night they were hoping that uh, maybe it's just a knee dislocation, and but they have to have an MRI to, to see if there's any tears in there. So uh, everybody's holding their breath. Uh, the NFL is more fun with Patrick Mahomes in, Andrew. For sure. Yeah, and then we have uh, we have Philly at Dallas on Sunday night, so we would not be uh, would not be breaking them down. That's a, that's a really big game in the in the NFC East. And then uh, Monday night, the Patriots, the undefeated Patriots, head to your New York Jets. How do you feel about that game? The undefeated over the past one week Jets. Um, that's how. Yes, um, Cowboys. Uh, I like the Jets to cover, and that's going to be a game with about seven minutes left. How about that? Uh, I have seen a lot of Jets optimism. At oh, least really? about, oh, in, in terms of covering rare. and let's not, right. uh, let's not get our ahead of ourselves here. But, um, I mean, they, the, the worst part about the jets Patriots games that I've seen over my life is that there's always one where they get, where the jets get murdered. And then there's one where it's like kind of close. And then the game, your game ends and you're like, well, that was close. And you look and it's, we actually lost by 17. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, um, I, I can never feel any confidence going up against the Patriots. Just literally none. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously hard to. But, uh, you know, their uh, their offense has looked uh, a little shakier the last few games they played. Uh, but obviously obviously their defense are, are just balling out right now. But it's funny that we mentioned that uh, that Cowboys-Jets game last week. Uh, when, when a team uh, – there was some stat. I forget exactly what it was. But uh, essentially when you take the time of possession, the yards, the turnover battle, the third down conversion, and the first downs – the Cowboys won all those against the Jets. Uh, teams are 90-1 and one in those categories. That was the first loss right there was the Cowboys against the Jets last week. We're record breakers. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> so let's uh, let's jump into running backs. So first, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a U.S. citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away with the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy. So it looks like we get uh, we get Saquon Barkley back this week, and uh, and both sites are obviously excited about it. He's easily the top guy. He's he's nine hundred dollars ex- more expensive than anybody else on DraftKings. I was a little surprised that he was that high coming back mm-hmm. off injury. Uh, I mean, I think they always kind of price Just as if guys are ne- yeah never moved him. I guess yeah. There's really no yeah. reason to get a discount on him. Like the um, the upside is obviously always there, and the floor is about as high as you'll get. Um, but I don't know. It's I I put him right in when I saw that he like was practicing fully. There was some quote that he he said no doubt when somebody asked if he was ready for like a full workload. But Did, didn't he say that two weeks ago though too? He might have. He might have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't really seen what they do with Daniel Jones and Barkley much. Right. So um, so much of Barkley's receptions and targets came from Eli Manning, just not ever looking downfield, whereas Jones um, is has shown that he's fully um, comfortable doing that. And so if you end up taking away, let's call it three or four targets from Barkley, uh, does that mean that he's still, at least on DraftKings, $900 more valuable than the next highest guy? And um, I had originally, uh, while writing my article, thinking this was a week where you could, you could jam in Barkley, uh, Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. Latter two we'll get to in a second. But um, the more I looked at it, it's like maybe Barkley, which sounds crazy when you think of it, but 
maybe Barkley's actually the least, uh, you know, the, the, the lesser uh, one that you want in this group. And maybe he's the one who gets tossed and it's not really because of the price. Yeah, he's probably the, the lesser one in that group for me. But then you look at Arizona. They allowed 118 total yards to Devontae Freeman last week. And two weeks ago, 109 yards to Joe Mixon. I didn't think Joe Mixon had 109 yards total all season. <laughs> he might not have. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously the, the, the matchup is there. So far. Yeah. You're, it's, it's just, I mean, but the problem is the Cardinals are just as bad against the pass. And so it's like if it's a Daniel Jones week, Evan Ingram is going to be back. Um, Sterling Shepard, I think, is, or is still going to be out. But. You know, he is. They, they do have pass catchers. Theoretically, Barkley is one of them, I guess. But um, I don't know. They, as we've seen, you can put up a ton of points against Arizona any way you want. Um, if there was anything that made me know for sure in this game is that I'm not playing David Johnson. Uh, all right, yeah, I think that makes sense. He's 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 finally priced up, and he has a little bit of an ankle injury. Uh, I could I could definitely see that avoid right there. The, the crazy thing with Barkley is, do you think that they do you think they ride him? I mean, at eighty nine hundred on DraftKings, eighty six hundred on FanDuel. I mean, he's got to be the bell cow guy. Do you think this first game back that they really ride him that much? Because I tend to think that maybe they ease him in a little bit, maybe get like seventy five percent of his normal touches. And at that uh, at that time, I, I don't think I want to pay the price. Uh, I think I think I'm probably more optimistic in terms okay. of like a full workload, just because. All right. Uh, given where they are, like there's really no reason to bring him back unless he's 100. percent And you know they're they're losing ground, but every day, every time they don't play him, and so I think, yeah, I think the the workload you, you have to consider it, but I think he's probably more likely to have a full workload than not. Um, but he's also more likely to to have a smaller workload than a few of the other guys uh, that you're thinking of playing. Yeah, so we jump down to the the next guy. It's probably my favorite guy in the slate overall, you know, depending on price or not. But it's Dalvin Cook at Detroit. Uh, 8,000 on DraftKings, 8,300 on FanDuel. Uh, 100-plus yards in four games. He's had two bad games against Chicago and Philly. But, you know, if you look at matchup, you can kind of uh, predict that a little bit. Did score in both those games. He has six touchdowns through six games. Uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, you know, not, uh, not Aaron Jones is pretty good, but not world beaters. Had 25 carries for 151 yards against this defense last week. Uh, they allowed three rushing touchdowns the week before that. Um, it's kind of all systems go for for me on Dalvin Cook this week. Uh, I, I'm putting him. He's he's definitely part of my core. Yeah, I t- I totally agree. I mean, we look at um, at the fact that like the the Lions defense uh, is actually pretty good against the pass. Uh, they have some very good cornerbacks, and so uh, the last two weeks the Vikings have played teams that are basically better against the run, and they've been able to kind of use Kirk Cousins like you should use a ninety million dollar quarterback, but it flips this week. Like there's really no reason for the Vikings to go into this game and be like, we're going to let cousins throw 35 times because that's the kind of defense we're, we're facing. Like the defense they're facing is one that they should give cook 25, 30 touches and just let him go nuts. And I agree. Like if, if cook and Barkley were the same price, I, I mean, I don't cook is so far ahead for me uh, that like, he's easily the, the first guy in. Yeah, same here. And then we, we jumped down. You mentioned uh, Leonard Fournette. I'm going to skip down a th- over a few guys that I don't think I'm going to play, but we can hit them in David Johnson, Alvin Kamara. But Leonard Fournette, uh, next for me, uh, $7,000 on DraftKings, 7900 on FanDuel. So he's, he's definitely cheap on DraftKings, more expensive on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. 
only one touchdown this year, but uh, you know, I think the, the Jaguars are like 22% higher and uh, you know, the average is like 68% touchdowns are, are uh, through the air. The Jaguars are like 91% so far this year. So you got to think some of that's going to going to come back a little bit. Uh, he's nice to see the the use in the passing game. He has six targets or more in five of their six mm-hmm. games this year. Um, Cincinnati's given up a ton of combined yards to running back all year. You know, a lot of thought through the air, a lot through the ground. Uh, good chance for a nice game script here. Jacksonville is favored over Cincinnati, even though they're on the road. Uh, but Cincinnati's missing, you know, missing two cornerbacks. Uh, you know, offensive line has been decimated throughout the preseason and the regular season. I have, I always struggle with Fournette. I tend to time him badly. Um, you know, I tend to play him and he goes 23 for 70, doesn't score, that sort of thing. But uh, got to think, A, he's going to be popular, especially on DraftKings week at 7,000 with the matchup, with the price. Uh, how much do you like Fournette this week? I think he's better than Barkley. Like, the, that's the way I was looking at it. Like, it's just so tough to find his kind of volume uh, from a running back. Pretty much Christian McCaffrey is the only player, the only running back, excuse me, who... Um, is being used more and his usage right. is, is insane. So, um, I mean, when you look at it, he, you know, I think the, the biggest difference between what we were used to with Fournette is that he's getting so many more targets. Like right. he just wasn't that kind of player. And so, um, I mean, he, he played half a season last year, 26 targets. He's at 36 already in six games. And so wow. um, he never comes off the field. And right, like you said, this Bengals defense is horrible, uh, particularly against the run. And uh, it's it's odd to me that like he's so much cheaper than he is because everything that like seems to go into the algorithm of um, its usage, its matchup, um, it's those two things should have a much more. And so like if he's that uh, inefficiently priced on the downside, yeah, you should definitely play him. I think uh, I think he's definitely the highest percent owned um, running back on on DraftKings this week. I think we're looking at uh, maybe like in bigger tournaments, maybe even like twenty eight, thirty percent somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, most of more of that is because it's a decent salary drop from Barkley to Cook, from Barkley and Cook yeah. to Fournette. Um, yep. So I think if you're looking to pay, if you have Fournette and you're looking to pay for another one, you're kind of saying like, do I want to play Cook or Barkley? with Fournette. You're not necessarily saying I want to play Cook and Barkley and like and maybe I'll play Fournette too. Although I think that's a that's a reasonable build this week. You can do it. Um but but yeah, just, just the inefficiency is an inefficiency in his price um is just enough for me to to not even think about the guys like who and there are other guys with like fine matchups. I mean Chris Carson at home against the Ravens is fine. Your your boy. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I Speaking of guys we never get right, um, I'm pretty much hey, done. We? I got Chris Carson right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones, I just... Um, yeah. I, I just... Uh, the, the, the the workload split with Williams yeah. last week, and, you know, uh, Jones fumbled, and all of a sudden Williams came in and looked really good. I just I just don't think the volume's there right now for Aaron Jones. I mean, he had the, he had the huge touchdown game the week before that, but uh, I just... I'm not paying for it right yeah, now. Yeah, I totally agree. And the volume issues are the same reason I rarely play Mark Ingram. Um, and then, you know, as you go down the list, you're just crossing out more guys. Like, how do you rely on Austin Eckler, um, and Melvin Gordon? They're, who knows like what the plan is? They're, they're just cross offs for me right now until yeah. that, uh, until they figure that out a little bit. Totally. And, um, Gurley like is hurt nope. if, if he does play, um, nope. but you're right. You're crossing him off. And now you're like down to like Marlon Mack, who is fine. But like, if you're going to pay, um, 6,000 for Mack on, on DraftKings, um, 
why not pay five thousand for Josh Jacobs? So that 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 was the one that stuck out to me. I I was scrolling down. I was like I was like, where's Josh Jacobs? And I'm like, maybe the Raiders are on a slate. And I looked down. Why is he five thousand on DraftKings? I get that at Green Bay is not a great matchup, but why is he cheaper than than uh, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida? And, <laughs> I mean, I just and I like I like Coleman and Breida, but they obviously have a, a timeshare, and you know they can go off. But why is a guy who's the clear number one in their backfield? Why is he? I mean, sixty seven hundred on Fanduel. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Why is he five thousand? That makes it's just an odd price to me. It just feels mispriced. And I don't know if that's going to make it. Uh, you know, people aren't going to play him because of the matchup, or maybe he, a lot of people play him, but uh, I don't know. That's uh, I, I was really shocked by that price. It made no sense to me. I mean, if you want to use the most rudimentary uh, argument of like why you should play running backs, and you look at like, well, how many fantasy points does the team they're playing give up? And when you look at the top four, these are most fantasy points per game to running backs. The Bengals are number one. We already talked about Fournette. The yep. Dolphins are number two because they're horrible, and but I'm not <laughs> sure how much we're going to talk about Frank Gore. The Lions are number three. We've already talked about Dalvin Cook. And the Packers are four. And so it's like, you're right. The, not only is Jacobs like the guy in the backfield, but he's also, like, he's the, the offense. Like, Darren Waller obviously has been excellent this season, but you're also relying on Derek Carr to get him the ball. Jacobs, it's much easier for Carr to just hand the ball off to, to Jacobs than it is to throw it down to Waller. And so um, the, the I don't know if he's actually just as inefficiently priced as Fournette or possibly even more like 5,000 is really cheap for a running back. Like we were looking last week um, at guys in like the 4,200. I'm trying to think of what uh, Malcolm Brown was 4,300 last week. Yeah. He was 4,300. Yeah. Which was a total bust. But like in that range, you're like the, you, you almost like forget about the matchup and you forget about uh, everything else. But like, if the guy is going to get that many touches, if you have a starting running back, around 4,500 and like obviously 5,000 is a little more, but like you have to give serious consideration to that. And now you couple that with this matchup against the Packers who not only have been terrible against the run might have no wide receivers to play. And so all of a sudden it's like, maybe the Raiders can stay in this game. Like really that's the argument against Jacobs that like the Packers just blow them out. But like with no running, with no wide receivers, do we really expect the Packers to blow out the Raiders early enough where all of a sudden you just don't see Jacobs on the field and I mean, sure, it could happen, but like it seems like the much more reasonable uh, expectation of this game is that the Raiders stay in it, and they're staying in it because they give Jacobs the ball all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the one thing is game script. He's not been especially good when the, when the Raiders do lose. He had 12 carries against Kansas City. He played well, but then only 10 carries against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But you know, 23, 17, and 26 in the games that they that they've that they've won. Um, yeah, the the game script going the, you know flipping badly against him is the only argument against Jacobs right now. Uh, you know, they, they, the Packers really smoked Karen Johnson last week. He had 13 carries for 34 yards. But Jordan Howard was good, and Dalvin Cook was good the week before that. So they, they, they've been in some big games against him, like you mentioned. They, they've they allowed a, a touchdown to a running back every single week so far. So they, they've clearly uh, given up some on the, on, the, on the running game. But I don't know, 5,000 just seemed like they mistypoed that, and it should have been 6,000. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, and I, you can see game script wise, but uh, I just uh, that it looked like a just like a gigantic. Why is that price that way? When I when I looked at it, yeah, and so now, and he's kind of the reason why. If you're like, why don't you know? Maybe this is just the week I play Cook, Fournette, Barkley, and you're gonna look at that and say, all right, now all of the now I'm playing like multiple three thousand to forty five hundred dollar wide receivers, possibly three of right. them on DraftKings, and I have to pay down a tight end. 
and you're saying that and you're like, wait a minute, why wouldn't I just save almost $4,000 to play Jacobs <laughs> yep. instead of Barkley? And so now it looks like Cook, Fournette, and Jacobs could be a very popular cash um, trio. Yeah, that's uh, that's the trio that jumped out to me. But uh, anybody else down in that uh, in that range you liked? Uh, do you like Derrick Henry this week? You know, the volume's there. But 79 carries for 250 yards the last four weeks. You know, the, the efficiency definitely not there. But he gets the ball a ton. Uh, James Conner and Benny Snell were really good against the Chargers last week. And Conner had seven catches, too. They had 116 yards. Uh, Philip Lindsay and uh, and, uh, and Freeman were 28 for 175 the week before that. Uh, you like Henry at all against this Chargers run, D? I usually don't like Henry. But when I was scrolling down, it was like, oh, that's actually a pretty good price for Henry. Matchup's fine. Um, God knows, like, what difference Tannehill will make instead of Mariota but it was still one of those that like why would I pay 800 more uh for Henry right. when I can just play Jacobs um so really like I, I wasn't looking at Tevin Coleman any of the 49ers guys um the Buffalo ones like Singletary's healthy now so you're gonna play some sort of like timeshare of the Buffalo backfield with Singletary and Gore you don't want any part of that um, Devonte Freeman, I never play and I would like to keep that going. And then really the only two like ones in this range that you can consider only from like a, a usage standpoint are carry on Johnson and Joe Mixon. And again, their matchups just aren't nearly as good as Jacobs is. And I'm not sure those guys are really going to be that owned anyway that I have to worry about it. I, uh, I scroll right past Joe Mixon these days. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever played Joe Mixon to be honest. <laughs> It's possible. I've never uh, down low. What about uh, what about Carlos Hyde at forty seven hundred twenty one and twenty six carries last two weeks? The Colts are allowing four point seven yards per carry on the season. Any interest there? If you wanted to uh, pivot away from Jacobs in a GPP, no, no. Uh, it's a no for me too, but mostly <laughs> because there's a couple other guys I'd play instead. Oh, okay. Uh, in, in a GPP, I think that uh, I would consider Matt Breida at 5,300. Yeah. Uh, he's a boomer bust play that, you know, the volume's not there, but he can break any play at any time. Uh, Tevin Coleman's been the, go- you know, kind of been the goal line guy since he's come back. The, the whole Jeff Wilson thing has kind of got out the window the last couple of weeks. Uh, he played 43 snaps last week, uh, had a touchdown, but it was 18 for 45 on the ground. But great game script for both these guys. You know, the Niners, uh, if things go as planned, should be leading against the Redskins. Uh, you know, you got to think their defense holds it down, and they, they run the ball a lot in the second half. Um, I just don't know. It's hard with guys splitting carries, but I think if I were to go GPP, I'd go Brita over Coleman this week. I think that's, yeah, I think that's reasonable. What do you think about David Montgomery? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. You, don't, just, have to, you I, don't have to go I, any I was, further. I was I was so burned in the in the in the London game. He had 11 carries for 25 yards. Just like, uh, you know, the the, the the volume went way up in that Minnesota game and then way back down against the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, I don't love the Bears offense against the Saints at all. We'll get into when we talk about defense later. That kind of just uh, foreshadowed one of those. But uh, I just I, I don't like this offense against the Saints defense at all. I'm just I'm not touching any Bears this week. OK, yeah. Um, back to Hyde for just a quick second, because yeah. he's the play of like the if like his name was crossed out and you just saw yep. like the usage and the matchup and the price, you'd be like, yeah, I'd consider that. But Carlos Hyde's on that list of me for me that just, I, I just have never interest, never any interest in playing him. Part of it is that like I got, I was preseason very excited about Duke Johnson in this offense. And then anything that he does, anything that Hyde does takes away from Johnson. I'm not going to play Johnson. So, um, I mean, it's one of those situations where I feel like at the end of the year, we're like, wow, the Texans like ran the ball really well this year. They got a lot of production out of the running backs, but you wouldn't ever play them because they're just split too much. 
Yeah, and Watson runs the ball in, inside yeah. the five a little bit too. It's just uh, the other guy I have in there. If you wanted to you know, kind of go someone lower, you mentioned him quickly as Devin Singletary back healthy. Um, strictly a GPP guy, but you know he gets the Dolphins. He's been crazy explosive. I mean, he hasn't got a lot of work before he got hurt, but when he played, you know he was uh, he was four for seventy week one. He was six for fifty seven week two with a touchdown. Uh, this guy is really explosive. You know they drafted him to play him. Uh, you're gonna have to hit a big touchdown. You're gonna have to hit a touchdown probably outside the ten for this to really work. But uh, in a GPP at a low percentage against uh, against the Dolphins team, you know he's more expensive than Jacobs. They pushed him up to 5400 because yeah. he's playing Miami. It makes no sense in terms of price wise. But in a GPP, uh, I like Singletary as a guy that you can slot into a couple lineups. And I think he's gonna hit a big play. I think uh, I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a lot more active than than we think. I think he's gonna be uh, you know right there with Gore in touches. Uh, I like Singletary this week, but obviously a uh, a risky play that you know could turn into you know eight carries for 30 yards. And he's gonna have to hit one, but uh, I think it's coming. He has big playability though. Like he's fast and he just big um, time oh, yeah. shifty. I, so like yeah, I like that call Miami's a lot. So That's bad. Fun. Miami's so bad. I think that uh, I'm gonna slot him in a couple of GPP lineups. I think I, I think the big play's coming. It comes with a little bit of risk. I wouldn't play him in a cash in a cash lineup, but um, you know you can't play him over Jacobs in a cash lineup. I don't think. But a GPP, uh, I think he works this week. Uh, we thankfully don't have it. But if we had like a showdown, Miami Buffalo, would you play Gore and Singletary? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, but thankfully we don't because that would be uh, what do you play both defenses both kickers Gore and Singletary perfect uh, you know what the Miami defense though so Bills both right. kickers Singletary the uh, Chiefs Gore defense was fine last night oh god Joe Flacco is not good uh, confirmed <laughs> he's got plays there like he, you're just like take a sack go down and he like tries to make a play and it's a fumble for a sack a sack fumble and touchdown you're just like uh, John Elway, what are you doing with quarterbacks? Uh, I we were talking about this on in the subscriber chat last night that I think the I think Elway only takes only brings in horrible quarterbacks to make himself look better. <laughs> the, the, you can, that way you can always say the line like if Elway were to play, he's better than our quarterback right now. So, yeah, even that. Sure, he looked like last night. They kept showing him like he was ready to put the helmet on. So you uh, you don't think the Bross Osweiler signing is going to work out? Oof. They showed a list of like the guys that they've drafted plus uh, signed, and you have to. It's 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 Peyton Manning and just awful, right? And and even the end of Manning's career was was pretty awful. Yeah, um, it was rough. It's just one of those where, and I, I think that this happens sometimes with uh, this is quite a tangent with like players who were great and then go into the front office that when they were great, it's because certain aspects of of a game, no matter the sport that are very difficult for a lot of people came easily to them and it, they don't necessarily realize that it was so easy. And so yeah. um, like reading defenses is not easy for most people and like all time greats are that way because they were able to figure that out quickly. And I think Elway was able to do that. And so he looks at these quarterbacks, the physical part of it and like, Oh, this yep. guy must be really good. Uh, and then they just don't see the game the same way. And then all of a sudden uh, you're Joe Flacco. Yeah, you feel like he looks at body, arm strength, and just moves on. Like, oh, I could, I, we could figure out the rest, and that's just not the way the world works. Right, exactly. Somehow you have to like take the way that Elway was able to to see things and give that to somebody else, and that's literally something you cannot give to somebody else. So let's jump into quarterbacks with that. We could say, okay, first, a note from our sponsor, World Fantasy Sports. Are you already knocked out of your survivor pool? Did you end up losing early this season, feeling that your success is mostly based on luck? Was there some alternative where you can use the actual fancy knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses? Well, now there is. 
World Fantasy Pools brings you the first of its type, first type of its game, stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes traditional concepts of survivor pools that people are familiar with and adds a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you'll use your fantasy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. Achieve the stat line, you advance. Fail to, and you're eliminated. Simple as that. Be the last to survive and make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to achieve and win. It's that simple. Sign up today and play today at worldfantasypools.com. So quarterbacks at the top, uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, Russell Wilson, we've got Deshaun Watson, we've got Lamar Jackson, uh, and Kyler Murray, kind of th- four guys that uh, that all run the ball. Kind of an interesting mix at the top here. Uh, R- Wilson sixty six hundred, Watson seven thousand on DraftKings, Lamar Jackson sixty eight hundred, Murray sixty seven hundred. Uh, Murray is definitely lower than the other three on Fanduel. They're all really close. Uh, the top three are close on Fanduel. Then Murray drops down. Uh, do you have a top uh, preference this week uh, among these top guys before we jump down to the Ryan Goff range and a little Gardner Minshew later just for you? Uh, do we uh, – that was mean. Am I really um, becoming the Minshew guy? Ugh. You really are the Minshew guy. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a guy you like among this, among this top uh, group here that uh, you like this week to, uh, to break out among the four? Why is Josh Allen not in that group? Uh, most – I just uh, – I had him designated by price more than anything. Well, he's $100 less than Wilson. Like he's the next guy. Yeah, that's true. I, I I think I just cut it off at some point, but uh, I also think all four of these guys are better than Josh Allen this week. Like better football players or that they score more fantasy points? Yes to both. Okay. Because he's playing Miami. He is. I'm, I'm not as big on Josh Allen this week as everybody else is uh, That's okay. uh, to start out with. But I, you can put him in there if you want. I mean, he's a guy that, uh, that runs the ball too. So if you want to throw him in there, I'm good with that. If you, this is another one. If the name was crossed out and you saw 6,500, for a 17-point favorite at home against Miami, would you play them? Uh, I wouldn't, because if the name were crossed out, I'd look and I'd see that the rushing floor is not quite as good as people think it is. He has the three rushing TDs, but uh, no games over 50 yards, only one over 40, and he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been uh, hasn't had a big passing game at all all season. I just uh, I get it with Josh Allen. I guess the, the the running floor is there, but I just think right now it's based on t- based on touchdowns rather than yards, and that scares me because you can't count on that rushing. That, that rushing touchdown. He hasn't thrown for over 255 yards once all year. You can't rely on that against Miami, though? You could, but uh, they may just put the ball in their pocket the second half, too. Mm. Mm. This is me I, uh, making you convince me away from Josh Allen. Uh, there's working. no way I'd play him over Russell Wilson at the same price. Yeah. There's no way I'd play him over Kyler Murray at essentially the same price. And there's certainly no way I'd play him over Deshaun Watson at $500 cheaper. Okay. Okay. If Josh Allen was fifty nine hundred this week, I'd be all in. But he's so close to these top guys, it's just not for me. I, I can see the path. Miami's horrible, um, but I think I think it's Gore and Singletary in the second half. And I just don't think you you don't you definitely don't have the passing upsides. He's not going to throw for yeah. three twenty and three touchdowns. You're going to have to get forty yards and a touchdown on the ground. And I'm just I'm not willing to count on that. Yeah, the way I've always looked at Josh Allen's rushing ability is more. He's more of a scrambler than he is a rush like. If yes. his first read isn't there, he takes off. Or if his first two are not there, then he takes off. And Miami, theoretically, the guys are going to be open. And so <laughs> That's true. Um, he's not going to have to do that. So uh, I agree that he's not in this top group. Um, I think I put Wilson uh, first among those four. Uh, but can you go wrong? Uh, I, I mean, when we look at the stats next week, we probably there's a way you can go wrong, but I don't really see a way to go wrong on, 
On DraftKings, I think I put Wilson, Watson, and Lamar a little bit ahead of uh, Kyler Murray, yeah. but you know, not a lot. He was great last week, and he's been in the top five of quarterbacks back-to-back weeks, and the Giants are average, allowing over 300 yards passing per game, believe it or not. So bad. Uh, I just like the other three a little bit more on Fando, where he's you know $700 cheaper than the other ones. I think he becomes more of a play for me. I really like Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, he hasn't been sacked in the last couple of weeks. Their line's playing really well. Uh, he's been a top-five quarterback in four of six games, so really big upside. When he doesn't play great, He's not great, but when he plays well, it's it's, it's a top-five guy. Uh, the Colts have allowed 300-plus yards to all three of the good quarterbacks they face. They play some bad ones, too. But the, any guys with any kind of name, uh, they've allowed a lot of yards. I think that uh, I think Houston Indy is the sneaky high-scoring game of the week. And in in kind of that middle rage over-under, it's the game that I like to kind of, kind of bump into the 50s. Who scores for the Colts, though? Like, how do the Colts uh, keep up? Or do they don't? And the th- uh, I think they keep up a little bit. I think that uh, they, had, they had opened up a little bit. But the answer to your question is an underpriced T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to him for sure. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I think Wilson is definitely the, the top of that group. Um, and Murray's at the bottom of it. But it, it is pretty close. Are we? It is. Do you think Lamar is going to be overlooked now? Uh, I think he's going to be a little bit overlooked. I mean, he's been so good. But. I just uh, I worry a little bit about them going into Seattle. Tough place to play, but he has 400. I mean, we talked about we talked about Josh Allen like every you know thinks he's run, rushing stats, but doesn't really run that much. Lamar Jackson has 460 rushing yards through six weeks. That is bonkers. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, and he has he has 215 212 rushing yards the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, they've opened it up. And the game plan you can see last week in Cincinnati. I mean, he was just running the ball. He had what 150 something yards, but 212 rushing yards the last two weeks for a quarterback. I mean that that floor is insane. Uh, if he's going to run the ball that much, it's really hard for him to have a terrible week. Yeah, nope, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and he's certainly more likely to get those kind of rushing yards than Wilson is. Um, yes. So we have that, although Wilson's probably yeah. more likely Wil- to throw for 300. So. Yeah, Wilson's more, you know, it, when the play breaks down, he's really good at getting those yards. And right. Lamar's more like the designed run plays that turn into big plays. Yep. But uh, I like both of them, man. I think that game could turn in a lot of points. The at Seattle does worry me a little bit. Um, going into that into that place for the first time, and they, they're going to be really ramped up. It, you know, Seattle's playing better. They're they're a home favorite in a in a, a game. It's probably the the biggest national game of, of the week. Maybe uh, yeah, I think it probably is actually on the on the Sunday slate. Uh, that place will be loud. The place will be jumping. If they start slow, it might really start to build on them. But Seattle doesn't rush the passer well, so you, you, the the worry of like them really getting attacked uh, it does not scare me a little bit. They're they're pretty low in the in the NFL in terms of like pressures created. I think they're like eighteen percent mm-hmm. uh, if I remember that stat right. But uh, I like all four of these guys. I think I go Watson one. I go Wilson two. But uh, it, it's hard to really argue against any four of them. Yeah, 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 I totally agree. I guess really the argument is is Ryan better than any of them. Yeah, I mean, like it's not I, a significant it, price drop. Yeah, and that and that was going to be my point is that you know if, if you want to go away from these guys, it's how much do you like this the Matt Ryan Jared Goff game? Do you trust Jared Goff this week at sixty two hundred on DraftKings, seventy eight hundred on FanDuel? Uh, Ryan sixty three hundred on DraftKings still hasn't been priced up. It's really weird why he's not ab- um, among the top guys with the the three hundred plus yards every single week. Seventy nine hundred on FanDuel there. Uh, I, my first question for you in this game is: Do you trust Jared Goff enough to play him as your one quarterback in a in a, in a DFS lineup right now? I don't think you have to. I think that's the positive is that for a hundred dollars yeah. more, you get Ryan or for, but do you, do you want to, do you see this upside against this Atlanta team that like, you know, Goff in, in his big comeback game here finally breaks out. I mean, they, they Kyler Murray was 340 yards, and three touchdowns last week. Deshaun Watson was 426 and five the week before that. Hell, Marcus Mariota had three touchdowns. Before that. <laughs> that tell you everything we ever need to know about this offense. 
Uh, Goff struggled against pressure. We kind of we kind of talked that to death earlier. He looked shell shocked last week against the 49ers, but they just don't create don't create sacks. They have no sacks the last three weeks. The matchup is so good. They're indoors. He's got weapons. Uh, he's been really bad on downfield throws, which scares me a little bit, especially when you know you want to hit a big one to Brandon Cooks or Gerald Everett down the down the seam. And he's been awful throwing the ball down the field, like passes of more than 15 yards. He's been among the league's worst. I just I have a hard time looking at him and, and Ryan's price and, and clicking golf when Ryan's a hundred dollars more. I think that's yeah. I think that's going to be the problem. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's a hundred dollars more. Uh, Wilson is four hundred more. And like the drop off is weird because it does feel like they're much different. But like the drop off in terms of a few hundred dollars is really not like when you go right. back into your lineup and you're like, all right, I have Wilson. Let's see what I can get with Ryan. Like the difference really yeah. isn't that great. Uh, you're not making any like material changes to your lineup. And so I think like Goff could be pretty low owned, not like dirt low, but like I think he's going to be lower than a quarterback should be uh, with his weapons playing against Atlanta. But I'm probably not playing him. Yeah, I mean, you can you could pretty easily argue for seven guys, which which tells me that um, it's going to be pretty spread ownership this week. Yeah, for sure. And do you think Goff is that much better than Daniel Jones? Uh, no, as an NFL quarterback, I don't know right now. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, you could, you, you could, you could stick Jones in there if you wanted to save some money too. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue hard against it. I mean, the, uh, the Cardinals are, the Cardinals defense is really, really bad. There's just no way around that. And he gets, he does that. Uh, he gets Barkley back, which is a huge boost, especially mm-hmm. in the passing game. I wish Sterling Shepard was there to, to make me feel better about the pass catchers, but yeah, you could, I mean, you could play Jones and there's a, there's an eighth guy that you can throw in here and it's, uh, it's just going to be spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of weird because, like, um, I feel like Jones is closer to Goff and Ryan than the guys below him. It's like Garoppolo, Cousins, Brissett, Rivers. Um, So, like, but it's still not enough. I mean, we should be looking at quarterbacks that are 6,100 against Arizona when they're at home. Yeah. And yet it's just hard hard to play him when you see that you see this Rams uh, Falcons line and how much, you know, the close spread high points. It's just it's hard not to click on Goff or Ryan over Jones this week for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about your boy Gardner Minshew? Fifty four hundred at Cincy. Is he uh, is he a bounce back punt play this week? No, Um, (laughs) no. Uh, I think the bad, bad, bad game script possibilities, too. I think the difficulty is that Fournette just makes so much more sense. And rolling yeah, in is. a lineup with Minshew and Fournette, um, you should just not, just not do that. At least in case. So we talked about uh, we talked about these quarterbacks, but now we got to figure out uh, who's going to catch these passes. Um, everybody I've seen loves Cooper Cup this week. I looked at two different rankings this week, and both of them had Cup number one above Julio and DeAndre. Mm. Uh, I tend to uh, not be there with with Cup, but slot guys kill Atlanta. We talked about how bad the Falcons are. Um, if you're picking guys at the top here, you know, we've got, uh, Julio Jones, we've got DeAndre Hopkins. We got, uh, Michael Thomas is 7,900 on DraftKings, 8,000 for Julio, 7,800 for Hopkins, Cups 7,400. Um, do you have a preference among the top here? I love, I love Julio this week, you know, hard not to, but he had a hundred yards last week, but felt disappointing at 34, 33 yeah. game didn't score. I mean, a big thing here is whether Jalen Ramsey's going to play, you know, he's, I don't know how much of that back injury was faked because they're trying to trade him. All how it. much is real. Yeah. Okay. You think <laughs> all of it? Yeah. But I mean, a keep to leave is out. Marcus Peters has been traded. Uh, Jones still had, you know, over seven targets every week. Uh, if the Rams score, this could be a really, really high scoring fun game. And I think the Rams will score against this defense. Uh, what do you do at the top here? Do you like Julio as much as I do? 
Uh, I think, yeah, I, it, you can't really find make a negative yeah, about it, Jones. It's Julio Jones. I mean, it's um, hard to find too much fault there. Yeah, I think Cup is safer for cash games, even though he wasn't safe at all last week. Um, wow, interesting. Safer for cash games. I would, uh, I'd go Julio in cash games too. I think just the target volume that we see or that we have seen for Cup, I, I, I'm going to completely throw last week out when you play such a dominant team like the San Francisco 49ers that it's just not... <laughs> It's just not words, there. words. We didn't think we were going to say six weeks ago. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, if we had this whole conversation of golf bouncing back, um, there's no way he bounces back without Cooper cup having a good game. And so, um, I think cup is probably ahead of, he's certainly ahead of Michael Thomas for me. And I think maybe, can we say this like six weeks in a row? This is the week Deandre Hopkins breaks out when everybody's looking at Julio and Cooper cup. It's funny because we say it every week now, and it's going to happen at some point. Everybody's like, oh, I told you it's DeAndre Hopkins week. But yes, but you've been wrong three weeks in a row looking for the DeAndre Hopkins week. Weird game last week, though. He dropped a touchdown. He never drops the ball. He dropped that touchdown over the middle. He had 12 targets. He was nine catches for 55 yards. Like, when did he become Jamison Crowder? Oh, I thought you were going to say Cooper Cup. Um, Oh, Cooper Cup would have scored, though. Even worse, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's weird um, because it's another one. Like, we're saying, like, Deshaun Watson's been so great. Yep. And now we're like, I don't know if I want to play DeAndre Hopkins at 7,800. And um, I don't know. It seems like, like I said, I think people are more willing to look at Jones and and Cup this week that Hopkins might be might be overlooked. I would uh, I'd play Hopkins over Cup for the price difference. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just not a Rams guy, turns out. Uh, I am a Rams guy, but I'm a Robert Woods week guy. Ooh, um, okay, okay. Lo- love Robert Woods. Can't donut two um, weeks in a row, so. Yeah. Um, five straight games under 90 yards for Hopkins. I mean, he's a guy that never did that. Three of those are under 60. The crazy thing, and it, I, I was going to say hidden last week, but it was on Twitter so many times it's not really hidden anymore. Will Fuller dropped three touchdowns last week. Yeah. And he was clearly the deep guy again for the second week in a row. It's weird with Fuller in there, they kind of shift towards Hopkins as the the kind of volume, you know, short slant and, and kind of uh, out guy. And then and Fuller's getting the deep touchdown passes. It's uh it's a weird mix right now in Houston. I can't imagine it sticks, and I, I have to think that Hopkins breaks out. But like I said, we've said that a bunch of weeks in a row. It hasn't happened. But Fuller was uh, could have been huge again last week if he catches the ball in the end zone. Yeah, it feels like they used to play with Fuller, well, at least when they were healthy. It feels like they were never healthy at the same time. But like yeah. Fuller would get the balls that were thrown 40 yards in the air, and Hopkins were getting the ones that were thrown 25. Like They were still both like deep guys. And yep. yeah, Hopkins is like oddly turning into this like short possession receiver that – um, just doesn't fit his style. So, uh, but I, I agree with you that like, we're going to be these people who six weeks in a row, it's a Hopkins right. week. And then I, I told you, so that those people are driving nuts. Um, I am going to, I'm going to try and avoid doing that. Uh, but you know, it, I think it's obviously Hopkins has a couple of big games coming and that's obvious. Um, I think that is it's priced, uh, it is priced in this week. He's 7,800 on DraftKings. He has 8,000 on Fanduel. He's a little more expensive there, but, uh, you know, the lack of production is priced in a little bit. If you can get him, uh, you can get him 400 bucks more than Cup, you know, cheaper than Michael Thomas, who I, you know, I he's a target monster, but I'm not going to play him against the Bears where I could play Julio and DeAndre right. at the same price. Uh, yeah, I'll avoid saying that, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Hopkins game, are, big games are coming, but that, everybody can say that it's it's obvious. Yeah, I think the the important thing is is that uh, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, if we want to include him, and Cooper Cup are in a tier by themselves. I think like after Cup, uh, I'd agree there. I think everybody else, not that they're like sketchy. But Thielen has a tough matchup at Detroit. Um, 
Keenan Allen, like it's, I don't know what to make of the chargers. Uh, now that they're trying to like can, force touches to, to Melvin Gordon, not to mention Hunter Henry. Uh, can we, can I, can we jump in on Keenan Allen for a second? Sure. I mean, price price down this week. Sixty seven hundred DraftKings. He's seventy five hundred FanDuel. You know, not PPR there, but he only has six targets each of the last three weeks. He hasn't topped fifty yards in the last three weeks, and he has ninety nine yards total. Uh, it's a weird, strange. And you watch Philip Rivers last week, and like he was throwing these weird lob passes, and he usually does that anyway. But they were more lobby than usual. They were forcing it, like you said, to Gordon, forcing it to Hunter Henry. Mike Williams had like way more targets than Keenan Allen. It's, it's a strange offense right now. Mike Williams has 23 targets last two weeks, only 11 catches, which is really ugly on those targets. Uh, it's I don't know what to do with Keenan Allen right now. You look at that 6700, like oh you got to play Keenan Allen, but uh, Tennessee hasn't allowed a 100 yard wide receiver yet this year. They've only allowed four touchdowns to wide receivers all year. I'm so tempted to play Allen until I you know you you always do the you know, cross off the name kind of thing, and if I did it that way, there's no way I'd play him. But he's still Keenan Allen. Uh, I'm crossing him off. All right. Yeah. I, I, I don't, and I don't think that's wrong. I just, it, it's weird at 6,700 on a full PPR site to not play him, but I, I don't think I am either. Yeah. I, I think there's no reason to play any of these guys between cup and T Y Hill. Like it's, uh, Thielen and Diggs are both in there against Detroit. Um, Keenan Allen's oh boy Diggs. Uh, Allen's the volume is gone. Tyler Lockett still doesn't have the volume that everybody thinks he's going to have. And then you're looking at Fuller, uh, McLaurin, and Fitzgerald, who Fitzgerald I kind of get, but like he, he's just not doing anything with all these targets. McLaurin's playing the best defense in the NFL. And um, <laughs> with Fuller, it's like I, I get it, but, um, but you know, nine targets for 44 yards last week, uh, at least for cash games, Fuller continued at 6,200. Like we, we were talking – uh, a few weeks ago where when he had that monster gaming against Atlanta, he was so cheap. Um, but now he's almost $2,000 more. Like he's priced where he should be now. And so in, in that matchup, like I, I, I have no interest in playing him, especially when I can get T.Y. Hilton for less. Yeah, it's really funny you say that because I had nobody highlighted in that range either for going from uh, cup until down to 6,000. I had Keenan Allen highlighted just because I wanted to talk about him. The only guy I, I'd go Tyler Lockett if I played a uh, a Seahawks uh, Ravens game stack and I'd play him with Wilson, but I wouldn't play him by himself. Thirteen yeah. targets the last three weeks, uh, or fourteen thirteen targets the last three weeks. But he has thirteen catches. He caught all of his targets. Pretty crazy. Uh, and they've they've actually given up some production, but it would have to be a game stack thing. I think the first guy I'd jump to and I, I would be right above Hilton is probably DJ Chark. Uh, $6,000 on drafting. So right in that in that T-way range, uh, both starting cornerbacks are out for Cincinnati right now. Could have some game script issues. We talked about how much we like Fournette this week. Uh, but 26 targets last week. He's clearly the guy there. Him and D.D. Westbrook, are, it's a pretty narrow uh, passing tree right now. They, those two guys get pretty much all the targets from, from Minshew. Uh, it's just hard for me to play Chark when Robert Woods, I love at 5,900, and Hilton at 5,900 also. And I think uh, I would almost put Golden Tate ahead of Chark too, um, just because we know that Shepard's going to be out. And so yeah. um, that just yeah pushes me further away from Chark or any of the guys above him. Um, before cup. So yeah, it's kind of a, I don't want to call it a dead zone. Cause obviously those guys are still like good receivers, but, but it's, it's, just it's kind of a dead zone. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I think T Y Hilton's mispriced 5,900 seems really low. He's 7,600 on FanDuel, a little bit better there. 
Really good history against Houston. They don't really go deep with Brissett, but I think this might be one of those weeks we're going to have to. They're going to have to push the ball down the field a little bit. I think Houston's going to score. Uh, he was quiet last game, but now I feel like now he's fully healthy off the bye week. Yeah. I just think he, I think fifty nine hundred for T Y Hilton is just is just way way underpriced. Yeah, I think he's going to be super owned too. It feels like everything I do, I'm I do reading too. has T Y Hilton, and so um, which is why you go to Robert Woods at fifty nine hundred as a as a pivot away from Hilton in a GPP. I love that play. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. It's uh, the weirdest thing I think about the Rams' offense is less golf and more just like the fact that Woods has disappeared, um, at least from production. The targets are there, but I guess we can blame golf. And for they that. even they even weren't there last week. He only had That's four. True. He, four, get, he yeah. got lucky. He had that rushing touchdown, and that was pretty much it. But he had he had nine targets the week before. He's the only top twenty-four wide receiver without a touchdown. Uh, you got to think that you got to think it's coming. Uh, this offense is so easy to pick apart. I mean, it's hard to pick a Rams receiver just because they have the three guys. But uh, I love Robert Woods. I love the I love the good wide receiver off the quiet week. I know that's that's uh, I hate narratives, but I do like that one. Um, <laughs> I just think that at fifteen hundred dollars less than Cup, I'm going to play him instead. Okay. Okay. And I like. I mean, I think I I said pivot away from Hill, and I like a lineup where you play both of them. I think that that works really well too. Um, I think they're both at, at a really good price. Uh, in that range, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks is just we're talking Rams. He's fifty four hundred. I worry a little bit about how poorly Goff is throwing the deep ball right now with with Cooks. But again, the Falcons defense is terrible. I wouldn't argue against playing uh, playing Cooks this week at fifty four hundred. Yeah, I mean, certainly GPP. I would never play. I never play Cooks in cash. But no, yeah, GPP. That was GPP only because you gotta you gotta hit the big one on Cooks. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I mean, for the, his upside in a you know in a game where Goff should be close to peak golf. Um, Cooks makes a ton of sense at that price. Uh, and then we kind of get to these Green Bay guys that may not play at all. Um, but- so if they if they don't play, do you do you punt uh, all the way down with Alan Lazard, who had a good game last week? Yes. Yeah. I think you could figured, play Lazard. I figured, I figured, you could, I figured you're, you're going to like that one. Yeah. I mean, 3,000 for a starting wide receiver. Um, with with Aaron Rodgers. With Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. Seems pretty easy. Like, it's there's really not a lot you need to to think about. But, like, before we get there, um, there are, like, these guys on, on DraftKings in the forty-five to 5,000 range. Um, I like them like, in there, too. Yeah. Like, I like Metcalf. Um, I like Auden Tate. Somebody in our subscriber chat uh, is accusing me of being, like, an Auden Tate fan. Uh, calling him my boy, even though I think I've only played him once, but um, he's cra- crazy athletic. He's, yeah. he's, he's talented out there. Yeah. Um, so I think both of those guys make sense. Um, what do you think? I can't believe this. It is week seven in the 2019 season. I'm saying this. What do you think about Cole Beasley? Ugh, I just, uh, I, I, on DraftKings, where you get a, <clears throat> a full point per catch it. Makes a little more sense. I just I worry a big time that they, like I said, put the ball in their pocket in the second half and mm-hmm. just run the ball. I just uh, I, I wouldn't argue against it. He had he had a, a couple of double digit target games against Cincinnati and New England. Yeah. Didn't do much against Tennessee, but uh, yeah, I just I think you have to score a touchdown because he's probably going to be you know seven for seventy. But on DraftKings at the price, I guess that works. Um, it's just uh, I don't know. I, there's other seven guys for in the seventy like, sounds awesome at forty seven. Yeah, seven for seventy not good. But if he goes six for forty six, then you're not quite so <laughs> not good. Quite but still not horrible. The price. I just there's other guys in the range that I, I think I like a little bit more this week. But, well, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll put it that way. It, it's, like it's Miami. It, exactly. So like, who? Where? How do you rank 
the guys most likely to hit, let's call it 14 points. Beasley, Tate, Metcalf. Um, I guess we could throw D.D. Westbrook in, but I don't think he's really in this range. Like, is, Are those the guys in this price range that you think are the most likely to hit 14, or is there somebody else that, that jumps out? Mine would be uh, mine would be Christian Kirk at five thousand on DraftKings. Sounds like he's good to go. Seventeen targets the last two weeks, and the Giants allowed one hundred thirteen yards to Julian Edelman last week out of the slot. One hundred thirty and two touchdowns to Adam Thielen the week before that out of the slot. Uh, I think with this passing offense, the number of plays, but I would go Kirk over Beasley every time. Okay, okay, I see. That. But yeah, I mean, but Kirk has to be healthy. Uh, Diddy Westbrook's interesting. I mean, forty nine hundred on DraftKings, fifty four hundred on Fanduel, cheap there. Uh, 11 and 8 targets the last two games. He's mm-hmm. sneakily sneakily becoming kind of a target monster. It's him and Chark in that offense right now. But like you said, it's uh, if Fournette is such a, a big you know, volume suck in that offense right now. It's hard to really play. Uh, but I think Westbrook in a, in a GPP is not a bad play at 4,900. Okay. That's fair. One, one more receiver before we move on from there. We talked about – actually, two more. Mike Williams is 4,600 on drafting. Seems really cheap. 23 targets the last two weeks. But Tennessee, like we mentioned, has been good against wide receivers. Rivers kind of scares me a little bit right now. But I think Mike Williams at 4,600 is pretty playable. Last guy I wanted to ask you about, uh, Dante Pettis, 4,100 on DraftKings. He appears to finally be leaving the Mike Shanahan uh, – Kyle Shanahan. I do that all the time. Kyle <laughs> Shanahan doghouse. 48 and 56 snaps the last two weeks, six targets last week. Washington's allowed 10 touchdowns to wide receivers. It is pretty much impossible to figure out the Niners running backs and wide receivers the way they play and kind of spread it around. George Kittle is clearly the one guy in that offense that is kind of consistent, depending, you know, going week to week, depending on matchup, all that kind of stuff. If I had to play a wide receiver for the Niners, it would be Pettis right now at 4,100. Thankfully, we don't have to do that, though. Thankful we don't have to do it. Like that's how I look at uh, it. Like I, I, he, he is he is coming on, but I, I agree with you. I think that uh, it, yeah, I think you just avoid them and, until maybe someone maybe he emerges a little bit more. But the, and uh, I wouldn't play him over Williams. I wouldn't play him over uh, kind of some of the guys, Auden Tate and uh, and Kirk. Some of the guys we mentioned down there too. I was looking at the guy at the same price on on DraftKings, uh, Darius Slayton. Like I think Slayton makes just as much sense as Pettis does. Um, Are you sure you're not becoming a Giants fan on me? Oh, hardly. Um, wow, Evan Ingram, Slayton, you like all these guys. Um, I like playing against Arizona. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. Slayton had eight eight targets last week. Uh, didn't really hit big, but was good the week before that against the Vikings. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I think that uh, Arizona's just so bad. There's going to be points coming from somewhere. Yeah, uh, and but again, like, do you want to play these guys over Lazard? If I mean it, it all depends on on Valdez Scantling, it depends on Devontae Adams. Right. I think Jarmo Jar- Jar- Allison's definitely gonna be out. If all those three guys are out, you, you've got to play either Lazard or Jake Kumaro, right? You got to play one of them. I, was, at, I, super I, low I really price. thought you were gonna bring Kumaro up. Like that's your boy. It is. I, I liked him a lot last week, and he played uh, he played a lot too. He had he played sixty five snaps. snaps last yeah. week. He just didn't. He didn't get any targets. He didn't get any work. I, we talked about him for the for the showdown last week against the Lions. I liked yeah. Kumaro as the kind of the kind of the him. punt the punt salary guy. Sixty five snaps. I'd play that every time. And uh, you know, I, I think that those three guys don't play. You kind of have to look at these two Packers receivers and figure out which one you like more. Lazard's a little bit cheaper. He's three thousand. Kumaro's thirty six hundred. But I mean, it, there's going to be some volume with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I get that they're, they could they could run the ball against the against the Raiders a bunch and kind of melt the clock, but. It's Aaron Rodgers. You give me receivers under 4,000 that are starting. I have to be interested. Not even under 4,000, but literally min price at 3,000. Yeah, Um, Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think um, if, yeah, uh, Valdez Scantling is 
definitely ruled out. Um, oh, is he, is he ruled out? out no, no, I'm saying if he is. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, we're taping this before the Friday uh, reports, although he literally did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. And so um, guys tend not to go like full practice after that. But yeah, I think. Um, and, and on that note, Devontae Adams didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday right, either. Right. And Allison's already out. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think you can make the the case for Lazard even if Valdez Scantling starts because uh, they're down the other guys. And so at three thousand, like it's one of these things that you're like, uh, it might be the the salary might be more important this week than the raw points because um, you have the 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 separation between the top guys and the bo- and the kind of middle tier seems bigger this week. And so if you want the top running backs. Um, then you should be able to to save with Lazard because otherwise it's like if I don't play Lazard and I go and play um, Robert Woods and Hilton and somebody else, Keenan Allen, you're paying up there. Uh, now you're playing, you know, Josh Jacobs and you're playing Carlos Hyde. And like, do you really want to go right. like that? So. As you, and we, as you build a lineup, it's amazing what a $3,000 receiver does for the rest yeah. of it. It makes it look so good. It's so it's tough because it's so tempting to do it. And a lot of those, a lot of those guys bust, but you give me a starter with Aaron Rodgers, Like I said, I mean, I, it's hard to go away from that. If, if those guys are out, I'm going to play uh, Lazard or Kumro in a lot of lineups. Yep. Yep. You won't be the only one. Yeah, no, for sure there. Uh, and I think that that might make in GPPs that might make Kumro a little more interesting. Cause I think everybody's going to love Lazard at the min price and the, the big game last week, he was four for 65 and a touchdown. Uh, I think Kumaro is a kind of a, a sneaky pivot off of uh, off uh, Lazard is a little is a little fun in GPPs. Agreed. Uh, let's get to tight ends and kickers real or tight ends and defenses. Sorry, it used to be kickers. Tight ends and defenses real quick. But first, a note from our sponsor, Stash. Your fantasy wings are going to need a game plan. Put them to work on Stash, and you'll get an extra five dollars to start investing. Over three million Americans invest, bank, and save with Stash, all in one easy to use app. On Stash, you can buy pieces of stocks and funds for just five dollars at a time. And unlike some other micro-investing apps, you get to build your own portfolio. Your stash also includes access to a smarter, simpler bank account that actually works with your investment account and can help you save and spend smarter. Want to plan better for a better financial future? Stash also offers retirement accounts and investing accounts for kids. Stash can even help teach you how to save and invest confidently with simple guides, articles, challenges, and personalized guidance. Stash is a financial home for all your money needs, and it'll even give you $5 to invest if you join today. Stash, one app, unlimited opportunity. Investment advisor services offered by Stash Investments LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Debit account services provided by Green Dot Monster, member FDIC. So tight ends this week. Uh, at the top, we have, uh, I guess we have Kittle and Evan Ingram, 6,700 on DraftKings, uh, 6,500 on, uh, on DraftKings, respectively, for Kittle and Ingram. Hooper and Mark Andrews are up there on FanDuel, kind of in the same price range. They are cheaper on DraftKings. So let's talk about Kittle and Ingram. Do you have a, a preference between the two this week at the top? I think they're both great. Um, yeah. Kittle was so annoying last week with the whole, like, <laughs> he's not going to play. He's not going to be 100%. They're going to limit him. And, of course, he catches all eight of his targets for 103 yards. Uh, the only George, George Kittle is a fantastic human being. Uh, the only reason why it was okay is because Austin Hooper, who was like the pivot away from him, actually outscored him um, against the Arizona Cardinals, who happened to be playing Evan I, Ingram this I week. Told, I told you at halftime the sky wasn't falling on your Kittle-Hooper play. You did. You did. I was yeah. getting very angry. I talked turned, you off the ledge a little bit there. You did. Turned, well, it turns out my lineup went off the ledge anyway, but... Um, I but think, it wasn't because of the tight end. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I bubbled because of tight end. It's a, I didn't finish last. 
so I think they both make a ton of sense. I think Ingram might be uh, higher owned just because this track record we have again of tight ends against the Cardinals is insane. Um, yep. We haven't really had to pay up for them yet, which is I think one of the um, one of the differences that we have this week because obviously that's a high price for for a tight end that is not Travis Kelsey or um, Kittle, basically. Um, so like we got um, Hawkinson cheap early on. Andrews was cheap. Uh, Greg Olson, Disley, uh, Eifert was horrible against them, but was cheap as well. And then Hooper last is, week was is is horrible. Fair enough. And then Hooper last week was pretty cheap too. And so um, now we're really going to have to, I mean, understandably, we're going to have to pay for this matchup that has just been golden. Um, I think the, the interesting thing about Ingram um, and Kittle, I guess, but the way I've been looking at Ingram, um, and you mentioned Hooper and Andrews are a little cheaper. I, uh, Hunter Henry at 4,000 on DraftKings, like 2,500 mm-hmm. is a significant amount. And yep. I think what you have to look at now is would I rather play a $4,000-ish wide receiver and Ingram, or would I rather play Hunter and a 6,500-ish wide receiver? So you're looking at um, the, the Lockett, Thielen group that we said we didn't really like. Um, would you rather play the, one of those guys and, and Hunter Henry or another cheap uh, tight end, or do you prioritize Ingram and try to find one of these cheaper wide receivers? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy thing because this is this is the one position where the the, the two sites, uh, Fanduel and DraftKings, are so different. So different, this week. yeah. Kittle, Kittle to Andrews, those top like I guess Kittle to Hooper, those top four guys is seventy one hundred to sixty six hundred. There's mm-hmm. like pretty much no difference. So you kind of play who you like among the top four. But on DraftKings, Kittle sixty seven hundred, Ingram sixty five hundred, Hooper's at fifty three hundred, Andrews is forty nine hundred, Waller's forty seven hundred. Yeah. The difference between these sites is crazy. I mean, Kittle to Kittle to Waller on DraftKings is two thousand. Kittle Waller on FanDuel is only 900. I mean, it's a huge difference this week between the between the tiers at tight end. Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as the fact that Kittle and Ingram just catch so many more passes. Like, yeah. you're targeted more. Uh, Waller obviously um, has a few games with with enough um, receptions. And, and but... DraftKings seems more willing to like have a tier and then drop way down, whereas yes. FanDuel kind of slots them in. You know, here's the next guy, so we'll go 200 dollars less. So it seems like they. They kind of go down a, a gradual drop in in prices. They drop down, but DraftKings goes you know top two guys and they have a big drop. So it's uh, it's an interesting uh, interesting uh, t- separation between the two sides this week. Yeah, totally. The, I mean, the positive about Ingram is that we know that he will cut will get passes from Daniel Jones, and so um, yeah. and no and no Sterling Shepard makes him right. and you know him and Tate maybe one A and one B, but I mean clearly a huge part of the passing game. Exactly, and, but that's kind of also what you get with Kittle, and so yep. um, you know what you're getting with those guys, and so DraftKings is making you pay up for them. Um, like the Falcons can have a huge game without Hooper, and the Ravens can have a huge are, game. Are, without are we him. sure? Are we sure about that? It's true. Fair enough. I mean, if <laughs> I think um, I think it was Jerry who uh, commented in our subscriber discord that there is very little previous correlation between Julio Jones and Austin Hooper, meaning they tend not to have big games together. Um, Hooper and Muhammad Sanu have good games together and Jones has good games with Ridley, but it's very rare that you see Jones and Hooper hmm. have good games. And so, and Jones and Sanu same way. They, they don't, they don't have a positive correlation, uh, not correlation, um, whatever the term is but they tend not to do well. So if you think this is a Julio week, it's probably not a Hooper week. Uh, They were, they're both over a hundred last week. 
I got nothing then. <laughs> but I mean, it, you still feel like Julio was a letdown, but it's just yeah. the, the, the targets with Hooper are crazy. He's yeah. got 28 targets the last three weeks. And it's just, I think a lot of that is there down big in these games. And it's happened, you know, multiple weeks this year. We talked about the 55% of their plays down 10 and in that situation, teams are are sagging off. They're guarding who they're doubling Julio. They guard Calvin Ridley deep, and Hooper's just kind of there over the middle, and they're taking what the defense gives them. And you just can't count on that every game. If you get a shootout, you're not going to get that. It's when you get down in a game like that that Hooper becomes the the outlet real quick, and you get you know eight yards and get out of bounds. It just makes it's just it's very very game script dependent the way it's been built. And I think we're just seeing a huge outlier the way they've started this season. They can't get down double digits in every game the whole way, right? I mean, they might be able to. Maybe they might be <laughs> their defense. Is, their defense is that they bad. Might be that bad. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I love Mark Andrews this week um, okay. on DraftKings at four thousand nine hundred. He's only had one really bad game. I think this game is going to have uh, a good amount of points. Solid seven targets minimum every game. I love that. Uh, you know that 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 linebacker in the middle of the field has to watch Lamar Jackson. They have to have a spy on Lamar Jackson every time. He opens it up for Andrews in the middle there, and a lot of quick balls to Andrews. Uh, Seattle gave up seven for 136 to Gerald Everett two weeks ago. They gave up a couple touchdowns to Vance McDonald earlier in the year. Um, you know, they, I don't, I don't fear them against uh, tight ends like I used to. There's no Earl Thomas, there's no Cam Chancellor anymore. That uh, that whole legion of boom is now gone. I think in a game where Russell Wilson's going to score, Seattle's going to score. I love Andrews kind of in the second half catching a bunch of balls from Lamar. I think that's that's a good read, um, and I think it's possible that people overlook him more than he should be. Uh, just because Hooper's I, I fairly close think, and Henry's there yeah. below him. And then Ingram and Kittle up top. And you mentioned Hunter Henry at 4,000 on drafting. He's really cheap. He's 5,700 on FanDuel. But crazy active for the first game. I think we were all worried, you know, how much is he going to play? And he had, he had nine targets, eight for 102 touchdowns. And, you know, Rivers was really looking for him in the red zone. Uh, Austin Hooper just had nine catches for 130 yards against them a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think uh, you got to think a lot of people are going to be on Henry at the price on DraftKings, right? Absolutely. Like I, yeah. he could be the highest owned because he's so much cheaper. Um, even though I think Ingram and Kittle are better, but uh, for 2,500, you're going to, like I said, you can uh, upgrade your quarter, your uh, wide receivers pretty well um, in a group that like we, th- there weren't a ton of guys on the cheaper end that we like knew about. I mean, obviously we, we know Hilton, we know Robert Woods, but like if you want to go out of that group and go higher, you do that by paying down for Henry. Is there anybody below Henry that you like this week? I don't think there's anyone I like enough to save like $500 to get other than like to save from Henry. Like that's the way I look at it. Everybody else is just kind of guys like Dawson Knox. Sure. He could have a touchdown. Uh, Hawkinson is a beast, but playing Minnesota is not ideal. I saw some people talking about the, the Texans tight ends, but like if you're at 3,200, I think too much timeshare there too. Yep. Yep. Um, I just don't think there's any reason to like the eight hundred dollars is is significant in terms of the fantasy points you're losing uh, taking one of these guys as opposed to Hunter Henry. Yeah, I tend to agree with that statement. The only guy I might consider if I wanted to get sneaky and go the game stack is, is game stack is a uh, Gerald Everett. Um, like I said, Goff missed him. He was really quiet last week, but Goff missed him on a wide open TD. Yeah. Still had five targets, and just the Atlanta defense sucks. I mean, it's one of those things. That if I were, if I were to go with a uh, a Goff uh, stack or maybe a Ryan stack and get some Rams coming back, I think that would be the reason I'd go with Everett. But it's hard to go head to head if you look at the lineup to play him over Henry with, with how active he was in, the, in week one. Just how good Hunter Henry is. I think that's that's the right read yeah. for sure. 
Uh, lastly, we've gone a little bit long here before we get out of here. Defenses. Um, I think it's pretty clear the Niners and Bills are going to be popular this week, but they're way priced up on FanDuel. 5500 for the Bills defense on FanDuel is wild. 5000 for the Niners on DraftKings a little bit less. 4100 and 4300 uh, Niners 4100 Bills 4300 obviously I mean the Niners defense 10 sacks and seven turnovers last three games going against Washington who you know they they throw the ball around a little bit uh, Terry McLaurin may make a couple plays but got to think they make some mistakes too and they will definitely get pressure on the Redskins uh, the Bills obviously uh, you know going against Miami is kind of an obvious play for a lot of teams this week but there are a couple defenses way cheaper on DraftKings that I like I like as much or if not more than these two uh, tell me who you like first. Who, who, who do you like is maybe a defense to get away from the Niners or Bills? Because I think it's a week where um, a lot of people are going to have those teams. I think it's a week to kind of save some money and, and go a little bit elsewhere on, the, on the, kind of the randomness of defense. Just no respect for the Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game. My God. Um, I like the Bears. I, I have more respect for Ryan Fitzpatrick than I do going against Josh Rosen. I think I, I'd rather go against Rosen than Fitzpatrick. Um, I think that's right. I think that's right. They're both. I mean, they're they're both not to be fair, but I think Fitzpatrick can actually make a little bit happen. Where I think Josh Rosen is just just terrible. Just terrible. Um, I, I not a, not a Rosen fan at all. <laughs> I think the Bears are fine at home against the yep. Saints uh, at three thousand on DraftKings. Um, yeah, it seemed it seemed a little bit cheap for the Bears on DraftKings. It does. Yeah. I, I mean, they're obviously not like slinging the ball around with Teddy Bridgewater, but um, yeah. the Bears can still put plenty of pressure on. Um, they're really the one that like jumped out at me. It, it's weird because if you go all the way down and we talk about how how awful they are, um, twenty three hundred for the Falcons. If you think that Goff is <laughs> not the guy that we think he is, then that makes a ton of sense because um, he's been pretty bad, and um, that's another uh, like cross up, cross off the name. And would you play this? So, I mean, I think that's tempting. Um, the one that I find myself being slightly interested in is the Raiders at 1900 on DraftKings, and we saw it's been a few wow, weeks they now. Priced them, they priced them way they down. Well, them they're they're way doing that every down. week now, huh? Yeah, and so I don't think like the Dolphins are 1500, uh, Washington 1700, and the Raiders are 1900. And I, the Raiders are better than than those guys, those other teams. And the matchup at Green Bay is not ideal, but like if Rodgers has none of his top four wide receivers. Um, we saw Aaron Jones. I'm going to he fumbled last week. So maybe he's got some fumbling issues. You know, like I think um, if you, I mean, this is like punting defense, but why not? I'd uh, if I had to go one of those three, I'd actually go Redskins. Okay. I hidden in the Niners great start and I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but he makes like two passes a game that make no sense. Uh, the Rams dropped a touchdown last week. There are, he makes like two plays a game where you're like, oh my God, don't do that. And I think that if you're going to look for a defense, super, super cheap, uh, you're going to need it. You're going to want a, a fluky score. And I think that uh, that's the way you lead to that. I think I, if, I, if I had to play one of those three, I'd play Washington. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Where do you fall in the Bengals? Uh, uh, far away. Okay. Just checking. My favorite defense this week at 2,900 DraftKings is actually the Saints. Ooh. Uh, I think they're way underpriced. They have double-digit DraftKings points in three of the last four weeks. Uh, the Bears allowed four sacks last week to the Raiders of all teams. New Orleans has eight sacks the last two weeks. They had six two weeks ago and two last week. I just think that there's a nice floor here with the sacks. I think they're going to get 
three or four, and I think the Trubisky's a guy that will will, will make a mistake for you. And I think that uh, I think the Bears are going to have a lot of trouble scoring against the Saints. I, I like the Saints defense a lot this week. I think they make a really good chance to make a big play, but at least they have that floor built in with sacks and double digit tar- double digit jackings points of defense is pretty darn good to do that yeah. three out of four weeks. And I, I think they're priced they're they're forty four hundred on Fanduel, so I don't love them as much there, but. 2,900 draftings are going to be my my main defense this week uh, is saving them, you know, 1,400 over the Bills and saving 1,200 over the Niners. And the uh, two of the last three games with double-digit points were without touchdowns. So it's like, yes, it's impressive. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, not like they're falling into them. They're just, they're right. kind of building a lot of defense. I, I I just love the matchup. I wish it was at home, but then they'd be higher price. I, you know, so on the road, you know, love a defense, but uh, against Trubisky, I'll kind of play him, play against him anywhere. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Anybody else that uh, you want to hit about with this uh, this slate? Um, I think we got everyone that I wanted to talk about. So, no, we're good. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. Uh, we always appreciate all the listeners. If you have, want to follow us on Twitter, uh, Andrew is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. If you want to ask us any questions there, anything you want us to hit on for future podcasts, please do let us know. We always see we'll listen to those. Also, if you could please rate or review the podcast again, that does mean a lot to the podcast. You take a few minutes if you enjoy listening to us and uh, give us a bunch of stars on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever happen to listen to us. That would be fantastic. Other than that, hope everybody has a great week seven in the NFL. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.